Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Candidly with Coffee. We're back. We're back. Happy Friday. Yes, ma'am, sir, everybody. Happy Friday. I hope it's a happy Friday for everybody. Cheers. The weather's, uh, at least the good thing, it's not raining right now. The sun's out, so that's a bonus. Cheers. I got my espresso with a dollop of whipped cream. I did coffee, and I added a shot of espresso in there. Oh, dang. Get a little Big guns. And how many, how, is that your second cup of coffee for today? Yeah. Because I've been cutting it. Uh, this is my second, too. I've been really working on not drinking coffee in the afternoons anymore, oh. like after 12 or 1. Yeah, I do not. I refrain from caffeine after like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Unless I have like a late meeting or something like that, I refrain. Yeah, yeah, it just depends. Now, if I have a long day and I'm going to have to keep running, I'm like, damn, okay, then I might need it. But I try not to. I've been really cutting back. I've had such a busy week. It's like appointments after appointments. I took my sister to a doctor's appointment Monday. Tuesday, my dad had um, dental work done. Yesterday, I had a hair appointment. Today, I have a a funeral. So much. Oh, man, funerals. Those are so emotionally draining. I know. So sad. I'm not looking forward to it. Because even though it might not be your family, direct family member. Well, it's not an immediate family member, but it's a family member. It's somebody's family member, and they're they're hurting, and you hurt for them because you've been through it. Yeah, and my problem is I'm an empath, and so I find that those types of things are very emotionally draining for me. Yeah, they are. Of course. Very emotionally draining. I have a friend, too. He's two friends that just lost their fathers recently. They're both... What's the tough part? I was talking to one. Well, you know what sucks about losing, like, a loved one, especially suddenly... Is now you got to go rush to plan their services. You're already emotionally fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And now you got to go deal with that. You know, and that's why, like, with my mom, she was adamant that she didn't want services. But my dad does. So I've already kind of started the thought process. He wants a big big farewell, big show for everybody. He just does want a funeral. And so what we're going to kind of do, I think, is more of, like, obviously a funeral. Babe, what do you mean it's all a show? It, it is, is a show. it is what somebody wants. I know. It is their wishes. I know. It's not it's a show if you make it a show. Or it's, it's if you're a monetarily doing, expensive show. That's no, but if you're say. doing something that is if I don't care what you say, if your mom would have said, Me hijo, I, I would like to have trumpets, you'd fucking found a way to have trumpets <laughs> at her <laughs> funeral. Am I right? Maybe. I probably would have tried. Right? Because if if it's their last wishes, literally. And so that's yeah. why we did what my mom wanted, which was hard for us because it is hard. You feel like there isn't as much closure without like official funeral, whatever. Mm. You can't relate because you had a funeral for your mom. We had something very small, but it was months after. Wait, hold on, hold on, let me correct you. We didn't have a funeral for my mother. That babe. was a funeral. Sorry, I don't I know. I didn't what... bury my mother. We cremated her. Um, it was services. It was memorial services. Yeah. Funeral and service. It's the same. Memor- it's a okay. synonym. Services. Memorial yeah. and funeral services. I take funeral like they're getting buried. She was fucking no. cremated, okay? So that's oh, no, that's it. not. All right. But that's, that's not what it means. I didn't bury my mother. I cremated No, but her. you had a funeral so for I her. I didn't do funeral services to bury my mother. I had service, a memorial services for her to honor her. Before it's, she got babe, cremated. it's semantics. A funeral. Okay. It's just what what are the wishes for the funeral? It didn't cost me fifty thousand dollars though. No, you know but it doesn't have to be fifty thousand. I know. I'm just saying the funerals are crooks. They're a bunch of ripoffs. Fuck the place. It places. doesn't have to be that way. It is whatever you want it to be. My dad's not going to be buried. He's going to be cremated. Oh, He's having a funeral. So he wants the same similar thing. It's the same thing. In fact, it's the exact same thing that he wants that your mom had, which was a viewing. And then a cremation. Mm. Isn't that what your mom had? Yes. At a funeral home? That's a funeral. Yeah. 
I don't know. I hate to break it to you. That is a funeral. I always take funerals like they're getting buried. I hate going to those. That's a burial. Mm. That would be a burial. That would be a funeral that includes a burial. I go to the services, pay my respect, but the burial, burial, man, that's something different. Yeah, but it's it's everybody has different wishes, and it doesn't For have sure. to be a fifty thousand dollars show. I think that is ridiculous. Yeah, I was just like, talking to somebody want, about that. I want. Crooks. I know that's why you're triggered because you're thinking like, oh, the let's oh, because what are people going to think? It's not about that. It's about it is for some people, not for me. For me, it is honoring the wishes of your loved ones, and if you have the the opportunity to know what they are, you're better off. Not everybody has that because they don't have those discussions with their loved ones, Yes, right. right? But when you have an opportunity to know what they want, then you can give them their wishes and it makes you, you know, feel better about it. Yeah. You know what I was discussing with somebody is, is don't they run out of plots of burying people? What do they keep putting people? Like eventually, they probably I saw, reuse the them going? at some point. I don't know. Uh, do they re- you think they can't recycle them? Because if you're going to someone's plot to pay your respects, you know someone died there. So yeah, but what about like 200 years ago? You think there's still family co- the ones that are abandoned for a certain period of time? I bet you they. Re- I don't know what the rules are. I know. I'm just curious. I, mean, I don't know why we were talking about that yesterday. We're like they never. I don't know. It's weird. Like what is it? Where do they go? So yeah, anyways, we are, my dad wants a funeral, but nothing extravagant, not a show, but we are going to do something, I think joint, Mm -hmm. like where we will combine their, I mean, not combine their ashes, but put them, lay them to rest somewhere together. Mm. Well, you know, when that time comes, but anyways, I don't even know how we got on that tangent, but oh yeah, because no, because you were saying that it, it is, it's hard to have to then go into planning mode. So what I was thinking was I'm already, I know what my dad's wishes are. So I'm kind of like, you know, whatever I can do ahead of time, I will, Yeah. you know, um, so that it's not so, I don't know, traumatic, but sometimes I think it's therapeutic. It gives you something to work on right after. And then, you know, so you're not having to deal with your emotions or whatever. But it's I tough. don't know. It's tough. Death is tough. Any way you slice it, it is tough. Um, There's no manual, no playbook how to deal with this. It's, just, it's a shock. You know, when you lose the person that brought you into this world, it's tough. Yeah. And I'm feeling for two of my friends right now. They're just. You know what? We're at that age. I, I said that to you a while back. I said, unfortunately, and it's just the beginning. It's going to. It's going to come warm. We're at that age, and yes. and I know that I talk about this frequently, but I want to bring it up again today. Um, so I, was, I had a really great conversation with my hairstylist yesterday about it, and we were just talking about the the challenges of having senior parents. Yeah, and what people you know don't realize, and it is a true fact, is that your senior parents become children. You age, you you reverse, you age in reverse. We never think about that. You're right. The whole process of life, like a natural life, like growing um growing old and then dying naturally, mm-hmm. like dying by like a through hospice where your body shuts down. Yeah. It's literally the reversal of birth, childbirth, and and babies and toddlers. Then it goes into you know so it's childbirth, baby, toddler, child, teenager, adult. Senior, senior, and then as a senior, it go. Then you revert back to teenager, child, toddler, infant, death. Because in before death, it's they become infantile, sleeping all the time, 
you know, can't communicate. It's literally like textbook reversal. It's crazy. And then they get stubborn at the end. You know, when you're a little kid, you're stubborn. You make life hard for them. They do it for yeah, us. Yeah. So, you, but you have to think about. So, think about them. And I challenge you, if you have seen your parents, to start thinking about like when it's time for you to kind of like involve yourself or step in because you think for so many years you think your parents are like you know, the decision makers, they know what they're mm-hmm. doing or whatever, but you have to understand that there is a reversal that happens. And there's a time where as their child, you have to step in and help them with things. Because yes. let me tell you, and I'm going to share a story, but senior abuse and taking advantages of seniors is a thing. When you start to feel like, feel like your parents are entering that era, it's time for you to go with them to doctor's appointments, go with them to you know, make decisions, financial stuff or whatever. It's important because they get taken advantage of. Yes, they do. Have the conversations with them about not trusting everything they see on Facebook and a text message that says it's from a family member might not be from a family member. Mm -hmm. Like have those conversations with them because the combination of technology and senior be them becoming seniors and now people having access to them more frequently than maybe in the, before is a problem yep but i didn't even tell you but i'm going to give you a little backstory on what happened with my dad and his dental stuff so last year when my mom was still alive my dad had some challenging stuff with his dent with his dental like he had a root canal that went bad and so he went to this dentist a few times and he was having issues i wasn't a part of it this is just my mom and my dad at mm-hmm. this point mm-hmm. and I guess on this one particular appointment, they ended up having to do more than they were supposed to or than they thought they were. They took, you know, an extra tooth or I don't know the specifics on that. So I don't want to speak to the specifics. But at that appointment, apparently my dad didn't have enough cash. He's cash pay. He doesn't, he's Medi-Cal, so he doesn't have dental insurance. He didn't have enough cash to pay for the procedure. He was short like a few hundred dollars. It was like a thousand dollars. He had like six hundred dollars or whatever. So they freaked out on him and they he was like, well, let me go home and get the rest of the cash. And they're like, oh, no, you you can't leave. You can't leave until you pay us. They literally like both my parents were there, too, by the way. They literally like held them hostage. My dad said, listen, I'll leave my wife here. You could keep my ID. Here's yes. my you could keep the cash I have. You can keep my you know driver's license. And that's what he offered first. And then he said, I'll leave my wife here. And they still said no. And they were very rude to him. It was a bad experience. He didn't tell me about this experience until my mom passed. Because when my mom passed, I was checking her voicemails and I saw like my dad had a dentist appointment, a follow-up with this dentist. And I said, hey, dad, you know, you have a dentist appointment. It was on mom's voicemail. And he goes, oh, you don't know. Those people are terrible. They, they were very, you know, mean to your mother and I. And he explained it. But I took it with a grain of salt. Okay. I'm thinking... My dad was probably confused. Mm-hmm. They were, pro- you know, my parents are immigrants. They were probably like mm-hmm. having a hard time understanding the dentist. So I gave the dentist a pass thinking like, my parents are probably exaggerating. So I called the dentist to reschedule. I'm like, no, Debbie, you have to follow up because they weren't done with your work or whatever. Yeah. So I called them and they were rude as fuck when I called. They were really? just rude people. They were just rude people. Wow. <clears throat> it, it was a, a so I thought, hmm, you know what? Maybe my dad was right. But uh, my sister ended up taking him. Yeah. Long story short, this is in January. So my dad then gets diagnosed with colon cancer in May. So he never follows up and he has an abscess 
in that tooth that they worked on. And so I had to call back recently to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And they were rude again, like extremely rude. They gave us a referral to a root canal specialist. We went to the root canal specialist. They said they couldn't help us. He had to get extractions. So they sent us back to this rude ass dentist. And I'm going to tell you who they are because I'm going to leave them the nastiest. It's a Rishna Dental on McKee Road. And they have the worst bedside manner, the worst customer service ever. Say it slower, babe, because I didn't even understand. Arishna Dental or Rishna Dental on McKee Road. Arishna Dental. Yeah, I'm going to, I haven't had a chance to like collect my thoughts, but they then, they then, we go back to them because I'm thinking like to start over with a new dentist, we go back to them for the extractions. And so I made an appointment. They make an appointment two weeks out. They couldn't get us in any sooner. And mind you, my dad's has colon cancer. His treatment is like depending on this appointment and whatever. And they know this. Um, we make the appointment and I tell my dad, okay, dad, we have the extraction appointment. And he even says to me, oh, I really wish it could be someone else. They were very mean. You know, and I thought, dad, let's just not start over with a whole new dentist. Let's just do this and that we'll be done with it. So the day before, which is Monday, this Monday, Mm -hmm. they leave a voicemail saying, hey, we decided that we don't want to do this this extraction because of his medical history, because his medical file. We reviewed the report, right? And I'm like, you wait until the day before. I've waited two weeks for this appointment. I could have had this done already. So again, irritated, but they gave us a referral to another dentist. So I called and I'm trying to kill them with kindness because I need them to forward the x-rays yes. and everything to the new referral so i did i called and she goes was rude again i can't i can't even begin to tell you how i'm gonna rude walk this person over is. there i'm, I'm know. personally gonna go over there. i know Be rude so to me. then she goes oh, i said okay that's fine i called the, the place you referred me they got him in for tomorrow can you send over the record she goes yes uh, well she goes did they give you a fax number i'm like no they didn't give me a fax number you referred me to the dentist don't you have that you know their information goes i'll look it up i'll figure it out like rude again Damn, um, what's the attitude? i don't know i have no idea so then you might have to go down there my, so then i get to the referral oral surgeon the next day and they said hey we have your appointment here but the dentist didn't forward us any of his paperwork mm-hmm. and we called them and they said that his daughter has the paperwork and she never brought it to them. And so that's why they didn't forward it over. Damn. Grimy. And I was like, I, you, let me tell you. I would have, I, yeah. I, the East side Janine started to come out. The, the oral surgeon even said, okay, now calm down. We'll gonna, figure this we out should, because I steam yeah. was coming out of my ears at this point. This was like the final straw. And I said, you spoke to them and they said that he goes, yeah. And I said, get them on the phone. They put them on the phone on speaker and I was like, you guys have the paperwork. There's mm-hmm. a, I have a voicemail that says, I can play it for you, still on my phone, Good. that says we reviewed the report. If you don't have the paperwork, what did you review? Exactly. We reviewed the report and have decided that we don't want to do this procedure. All of a sudden, the girl from the front office goes, oh, I have it. They sent it over. I'm going to say something. I'm going to go out on a limb. Any of you guys in this in, in medical or dental industry, don't be rude to people, man. Especially like people are in pain. They could be, you know, they could be a little grumpy whatnot, but they're in pain. It's just, and it's also, like That's just I, rude. Don't be rude to older people, especially seniors. Be nice to them. I have a long fuse. You know me. I so don't. if I were to blow, you know that it was, I gave them so many chances and I killed this B word 
on the phone with kindness every time I she just always had such a short just a very you know how she reminded me her attitude was mm. like the the vet the vet that day uh, yeah. that's now the second time recently that I've been taken to this place but it made me realize that you had to, you have to advocate for your parents yep you cannot if you have seen your parents don't let them like now I know I was giving you the dentist the benefit of the doubt when mm-hmm. my dad told me the story thinking oh gosh you know these two Tweedledee and Tweedledum in the dental office probably drove them crazy. No. Now I know they were being honest. Yeah. And they had a bad experience. They were literally held hostage. They ended up only... My mom found her credit card and w- was able to charge it. They weren't going to let them go. They were going to have to call us, call like, one of us yeah. to come down there with cash. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You could have left my mom. It was just... It was so ridiculous. Um, But just remember that this is the kind of stuff that happens if you're not with them. They get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Who knows what kind of dental work they... Pro- now I'm like, what did they do to his mouth? Why does he have this abscess? Exactly. Why did he need to get extractions after they worked on his teeth? Now I question everything. Now you, yeah, no, do I need to seek legal and counsel? And listen, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on if they did anything incorrect or what they did or... I'm not going to speculate anything on things I don't know for sure. But what I can tell you is they were extremely rude. So, so you know, it's just it's just mean. Don't be mean to older people. Because a lot of people are mean. They're like, they're just mean to seniors. Like, don't be mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, help them out, dude. Their, their end of life is near. Yeah. Are they like, a little grumpy? Yes, sometimes. Are they a little rude? Yes, they can be. They're at end of life, though. They don't have much time left. So maybe their head is not in the right place. You got to yeah. understand that. Give them a pass. No, and if you're yeah. in that field, and because I dealt with it in the in the hospital too. Yeah, they get And here's the too. thing. So the dentists, all of them, they say the same thing. Because of COVID, only one person allowed unless it's a minor child. So that's what it. this dentist said to the oral surgeon that we were at. Yeah. And my dad's like, oh, no, like, you're not going to be able to come in with me? I'm like, no, I am. You're a minor child, you're in my opinion. Child. Exactly. It's... They need to accommodate that in hospitals too. In a hospital, they say like, oh, I get it. COVID protocols, whatever. But they, but if you have a child, they let one parent come in. Well, my senior father is my child. Mm-hmm. And so I go until they kick me out. And my mm-hmm. dad always says, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go until they say something. And guess what? They didn't say anything. Yep. Sometimes you have to just act like you own the place. Remember That's you it. taught me that? years ago you what taught me that we, w- we went to vegas i went to vegas for the first time like without you and i wanted to still like get all the perks With of Lisa. going to the front of the line and, like, and a long line here babe at this club and i go listen this is what you do walk up find out who's the head honcho and just work your magic yeah and, like you're like act like you own the place that's what you told me like walk up like hey like we're we're just just me and her we're just trying to get in and and it worked and that was great advice that you gave me attractive girl vegas i gotta put but i use that now i don't always just take a rule at face value you know like even when my dad was in the hospital or like when we went to the dentist and my Mm -hmm. dad like panicked like what am i gonna do i can't hear anything i don't even know what to tell them and i was like don't worry dad i'm gonna act like i own the place i'm in there until they kick me out and if they try to kick me out i'm gonna explain to them that you are my minor child yeah you're 82 years old, hard of hearing, and English is your second language. Yep. I need to be there. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know? I, was like, I got a funny story in my head, not to get off topic, but like I told you, you're walking like you own the place. Well, I used to work out at Powerhouse Gym in Daly City. Me and my boys, you know, Powerhouse was considered like all the meatheads and bodybuilders, big dudes. So me and my boy, Big Mike and Mo, to this day is my friend Salazar, one of my best friends. 
we used to walk in the 24 and daily city like we own the place like we're members we didn't even check in there we just walked oh, in with our big old buff cells with a serious look they didn't want to say nothing they were intimidated three big ass dudes but hold on did you have a membership no oh. we just walked in like we own the place we just wanted to lift there and just look like i don't know like assholes i guess just idiots we're in our 20s just being but nobody asked you nah because we walked in like we own the place that is hilarious no question and they just saw three big dudes and like i'm not gonna question them i, I swear on everything we used to just walk straight but in. that it's amazing how how well that works it does it does work let me tell you, give you another example of walking like you own the place with your dogs yes listen there's a lot dogs. of places that dogs are not allowed but walk in as if they are target's one of them They're not supposed target, to be target is not allowed there's now. a sign on the door that says service animals only target is like the dog park Mm-hmm. There is so many dogs yep. in there, but just walk. If your dog is well behaved, yes. walk in like you own the place. Just mm-hmm. bring them with you. They don't like say they don't say anything. But if you ask, then they have to cite the rule. Yes. Just don't ask. No. Just do it. Like the mall, wherever. Yeah. A lot of those places, believe it or not, you see a lot of dogs, but there is a rule that says no dog. So if you go up to, excuse me, sir, is there dogs allowed? The RoboCop is going to pull out his list of rules like they did to us He's one gonna time. It's going to feel important. Like, oh, I got something to say something. I got somebody to say something to breaking the rules. Yeah. It's not a law. It's the rules. So I got to, like, they did to us one time. Super RoboCop stopped us. We had a little karma, remember? Yeah. Like, he literally, like, 40-year-old virgin. Like, get out of here. Go check on your mom at home because yeah, I know man. you live with your mom. Yeah, and he pulled out his rule book. He couldn't find <laughs> He couldn't the find it. I told you. So get we, out of my face. No, wait. So we were like, we're going to sit here and wait for you to find the rules. So we kept walking. We walked all the way down the mall and got our candles, whatever, came back, and he was still looking. <laughs> he was still looking those, at his Those kind of guys book. are dangerous. They get make me nervous to become cops that are just super, like, over the top, just every little, like, bro, you don't have to enforce every little rule. That's yeah, like, like come on, come on. But that's a good, that's really good advice, walking like you own the place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did, and, and it made, because my dad gets so nervous the minute he thinks that he's going to have to go in and do something you know by himself and it just made me realize like especially if he's scared he wants company he's scared he's at the end of his you know his journey he's scared they're they're becoming fragile like you said his mind is very fragile right now yeah you got to think about and this is how i also it's helped me a lot to just rethink things process it with my brain that way it's helped me a lot to think about him as if he were a child because then when you ask yourself could um is he capable of doing this that or the other would you let your you know 10 year old do that yeah true 12 year old do that you know and as he progresses or gets more ill or older the age will drop you know there will be a time where he will be like an infant Mm -hmm. and would you leave your infant home alone would you you know, put your infant to bed and not check on him, you know, for the next. No, you don't. So you have to think about it that way. And People I think don't. if we. They don't think they about don't. it that way. No. They don't. It's weird seeing it though. Like you're right. Like born out of the womb, baby, kid, teenager, adult, midlife. Like we're at senior. And then it starts reversing again. You're right. You start mm-hmm. going down like that. No one thinks about it that way. And I feel like acceptance helps. Understanding. And that's why I talk about it. Because I'm sure I, I have a lot of followers that are, you know, you have, if your parents are still alive, you can relate to this. Yes. And it's helped me a lot. So I'm hoping it'll help you to accept where they're at mm-hmm. and accept that they're no longer that person the from sh- 25 sh- years ago. strong mom and dad. They're not and, that. No. You have amazing memories. Mm-hmm. Enjoy those memories, but stop trying to make them be that because they're not that anymore. No. 
that yeah. that time has passed. So now you have to accept them for who they are right now. Yeah, like I think about my father. How I used to be so happy when he came home. He's just big. He never was a big man, but just strong from work. My Carpenter. dad too. Work strong. I used to arm wrestle with him. He beat me. They're just little strong. men that are very strong. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe an inch or two shorter than me. Maybe just never physically, mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. imposing guy, but just physically right. strong from working. Like you shake his hand, you feel it. Forearms, everything That's was granite. Yeah. Very strong. Mm-hmm. I'm strong in a different way because I lifted weights and I, I do the fight training, but yeah. Yeah, but what I, you know what I mean is like you just have to accept that that's different because if you keep searching for that, that person, you're going to be disappointed. Facts. You know? Facts. Our fathers, mine and yours are not what they used to be when we were little right. kids. Right, and so food. accept they- them for who they are now and appreciate who they were. Mm-hmm. And what I found lately that is helpful um, is to get my dad to reminisce. Yes. So, so that he doesn't okay. focus on his ailments and what's happening currently. True. I'll just ask him a question about, hey, dad, tell me about such and such. Or the, it, you'd be shocked at what you don't know. Well, you're finding out a lot of stuff about yeah. your father now, which is good. Yeah, it is good. I need to go, I need to go see with my dad and ask him a bunch of questions too. Like, so, like I told you, I didn't even know that he had came here when he was 19. I didn't know this. He came here for a little bit. And why'd you leave? Because I went back because your mother wanted to come here. So we had a plan to come back in five years. I go, that's a love story. Like he went back to Costa mm-hmm. Rica. He could have just stayed here. Mm-hmm. Went back and had their relationship. And eventually she came with him. That's crazy. Like it's so many things it took to, for me to be here talking right now. And even for I you, know, it's for crazy me too. the way the stars align. I know. It was funny. And I told you this, but it was like a sweet moment with my dad. But I left him after, you know, his dental surgery. And I said, okay, dad, are you okay? I'll come back and check on you in a little bit. Um, and he said, thank you, you know, for the bottom of my heart to, to the, to, from the top of my heart to the bottom. And he's like, I guess it was a good idea to have a Smurf after all. Wow. Long story short, a Smurf is my nickname. My dad, that I called him Papa Smurf. He called me Smurf. I love the Smurfs. And he recently shared the story with me that he didn't, he didn't want a fourth child that my mom convinced him because my sister was her only daughter and my sister was more tomboyish. She was hanging out with the boys mm-hmm. and hanging kind of more with my dad. And my mom's like, I need a girl. I need a gr- girly girl, so I need one more. And um, they had me. That's crazy. Mom, and so mom my dad- Mom was on to something. So my dad said, I guess, you know, it was a good idea to have Smurf after all. Who'd have thought that it would be the baby that's taking care of me? You know what right. I mean? So it was a sweet moment. And so I enjoy the sweet moments because they're not all sweet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes he's a little, you know, difficult. But, yes. but uh, you know, you will. Let me tell you this. Someday, even the most difficult times and the most difficult memories, I'll miss. And I'm aware of that. I know. So. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. But everybody, you know, it, you, it's a blessing to have parents that are elderly. Yes. Right. Yes. Because not everybody has the have, that. We both are. Both our fathers are still here. Both our mothers are gone, but both our fathers are still here. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on, um, I want to talk about some like myths or things that you know, more things that people believe that are just bro crap. science. Yeah, bro a science, little bit of bro. Busters. Bro science. Bro science. Like sayings, also science. sayings that people tend to say or whatever. So. <sighs> um, I came across some Instagram posts that had some cool. funny things, but yeah. here's a good one. Um, Speak it. Muscle weighs more than fat. 
I've heard that many, many times a year. Because muscle is supposed to be more dense, correct? But, but it doesn't make any sense if you think about it. A pound of muscle is a pound of fat. It's still like a pound of feathers weighs the same as a pound of gold. A pound is a you pound. Got the point there. <laughs> it right? just might be smaller and the fat might be bigger. Yeah. Proportion. Yes. So a pound of muscle takes up less space. So you will be smaller. Mm -hmm. But that's, that all is also what explains why like you can weigh the same but be a much smaller person if you recomp your body. If you get rid of fat and put on muscle, mm -hmm. you can weigh exactly the same but be significantly smaller because a pound of muscle takes up less space. Uh -huh. But the term muscle weighs more than fat is actually very incorrect. It's super. I, now that you break it down, <laughs> it, no one questioned it. Muscle weighs more than fat. Everyone, I, people say it okay. all the time. I know. They and say we, it all the time. And we just kind of go along with it. You're right. But <laughs> it doesn't. Weighs more than fat. It weighs the same. Weight, it's <laughs> weight relative. Is weight. weight is weight. A so pound is a pound. The weighs the same as uh, this cup of coffee. Yeah. Or whatever, if you it, put them on the scale, yeah, maybe. Exactly. It, a pound is a pound. It takes a little more space, obviously. It just depends how you slice right. it. But, wow. So that's common. Like People commonly say never, that. And it's, never stop to even think about that. Like, wait a minute. What does that mean exactly? A muscle weighs more than fat. Okay. I think a lot of people, what they're referring to is like... That's what I think. I take it as a density. If they're putting on muscle... They're gaining weight too. I they're gaining that. weight. Yeah. Well, because for, it does kind of happen. If you, if you are exercising, I mean, yeah. it's not because you are gaining muscle at a rapid rate. It doesn't... It's Your muscle's not packing on by the poundage. No. Okay? No. You're lucky to put on like in a good, consistent resistance training program a in a year Natural. eating the right around a macro macros like five pounds of muscle yep. i put on five pounds of muscle last year in a year of working out consistently um with that intention so a year five pounds in a year so when you're like looking at scale fluctuations over the course of two weeks and you're like oh my god i gained three pounds it must be muscle it's not muscle in the short term no but what it I'm actually is if you are using more muscle and you are going to work out, now your body's expecting you to go do these workouts, it will store more glycogen in your liver because mm. it, 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 it knows yes. that it needs more readily available energy. That makes sense. So it goes, oh, Janine's, gosh, she's, she's being consistent in the gym. We need to make sure that we have enough glycogen stored up. You can, it's like, it could be significant, like several pounds. Um, where you your body will store more glycogen. Yeah. And w glycogen is readily available energy that can be used in a pinch. Yep. Um, when your body stores body fat, that's not more readily available energy. That's kind of like saving it for a rainy day because it's not easily accessible, body fat. The body has to go through a different process. You can't quickly convert body fat into energy. If I go decide to run sprints down the street right now, my body's not going to use body fat. It's going to use the glycogen. Glycogen. Um, that is why walking for, for fat loss, they say is supposed to be the best. Well, yeah, Slowly. you'll if you're in... It not doesn't, not, what I mean by that is it's not burn off muscle. Exactly. That's what I want. Let me yes. explain that to people so yes. understand that. Based on so it's confusing. because it doesn't mean that <clears throat> walk walking is best. So you're going to lose more fat. No. If you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit. Your body will have to dip into fat storage, period. Mm -hmm. But if you are doing too much high intensity cardio all the time, um, your body 
won't, and you're in a deficit and you're doing the high intensity cardio. High intensity cardio requires glycogen. So your body won't dip into fat storage for that. It'll, it'll actually dip into muscle, lean muscle to quickly convert it into glycogen. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why low intensity movement is so important because that's your body's opportunity to need energy and have the time to convert fat storage yeah. in yeah to convert fat storage for into energy because it's low impact low mm-hmm. impact requires you know fat storage that's why it's so important to move yes to like move your body and and i need to get better for sure at, at moving other than exercise um moving my body now yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of people have asked me, like, what's my routine? You know, I do a lot of Orange Theory and people are like, oh my gosh, that's hit. Like, you're doing a lot of hit. You're bur- burning off muscle. The cool thing about Orange Theory is, yes, it is a hit style workout, but you mm-hmm. do not have to have a hit workout every time. You control your intensity, your heart rate. You, I have access to my heart rate the entire time. A lot of days I do more low impact days. You you control your pace. Mm. If I want to walk on the treadmill, I'll walk on the treadmill instead of run. Mm-hmm. Have a more low impact, um, low intensity so session. You just you just pull back a little bit, basically. Yeah, I can control mm. my own workout. Yeah. So there are like you know maybe three of the days I go red line balls to the wall, and then two of the days I take I scale way back and do more of a low intensity workout because I don't want to constantly be needing that hit style but i do need more non-exercise activity in my life i know walking. i do walking i need to maybe start doing an afternoon walk with you you're you're lazy you don't want to walk you're a lazy chick i'm not lazy you're lazy babe you don't want to walk i'm joking yeah, i know you're not lazy i'm just busting your balls but yeah we could walk it's good i just need it for me it's not about it's just about making it a routine the first yeah. couple times will be hard but once i get into mm-hmm. a routine with it it's fun I honestly love getting out, smelling the fresh air. It's crispy. It feels good. I'm telling you, it does, it's good for the mental. That's why I like to do it. Because in the morning when I do it, it's cold out there. It's crispy. I need to good. do the afternoon, so I can't do the morning. Yeah, you'll be complaining the whole way. Why? Because it's cold in the morning. You're not. You don't like the cold. It's not that I'll be complaining. I just. I, don't, well, I, I mean, you're too busy in the morning. Anyways. I like my morning routine. I, I don't want to. I want to do it. an afternoon walk too, because that's just more movement. And let me tell you a quick little story that I heard on Joe Rogan. He had a guest on there, comedian. Dude had to get the lap band surgery for his stomach. He was 350 pounds. And he said, the reason he got it, he goes, man, I, 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 I've made it in life. Like, I've, financially, I'm, I'm good. Business is, comedy is good. Everything is good. And here I am, 300-something pounds, sloppy. And I have children I have to worry about. And it's not fair to them. So I need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. So he did something about it. He goes, they told him after, after surgery, you got to walk. He said, I couldn't even walk. I walked up and down the hallway one time at the hospital. I walked. And then at home, walked up and down the stairs. Then he said, I walked out to the driveway and back. Then I walked down the block. Then before I knew it, I walked around the block. Then before I knew it, I'd do it a mile, two, three. Then eventually, the weight just peeling off, just mm-hmm. walking, walking, walking. He was all, moral of the story, what that told him, just got to move your body. People mm-hmm. don't move. They don't move. He did one thing. He sedentary. fixed one thing. shrunk his stomach, obviously, to eat less. Or, or the lap band surgery. Right. And then the second was moving. Now the dude does jujitsu and does other weight training and other form of working out. You know what I'm saying? So right. he, he leveled up, but he started with walking very little bit. More of the story, you could be 400 pounds. Just get out and walk. Right. Make it a point. Okay, I can only walk a block. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you could do two blocks. 
just the three blocks. Just, so it just starts happening naturally. Listen, I do macro assessments all the time for clients, and I always tell them, even if they write to me and say they're sedentary, they just kind of say it blink. I'm sedentary, but I want to lose weight and build muscle. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny when they do that. It's like a generic. But I always tell them, listen, answer. move, s- set yeah. a step goal. And I'm not yeah. saying, you know, everyone says generically. Walk 10,000 steps a day. Mm-mm. For you, that might not be, that might be moving mountains yes. because you have never walked 10,000 steps. What I want them to do, what I tell them to do, what I'm telling you guys who are listening, mm-hmm. figure out approximately how much you're averaging right now and build on that. Don't like try to move mountains right off the no. start. So if you no. right now average 5,000 steps a day, try to increase it to 5,500 steps a day. And 6,000, break down lofty, large, unattainable goals into small, attainable pieces. And before you know it, you're just, you're killing it. Yes. Break things down Mm -hmm. into micro goals. That has always worked for me very, very well. And what you focus on improves. So make it a point to, you know, increase your movement, increase your steps. If there's one thing, if you are able, you should be doing it. I don't care. If you are able-bodied, yes. there is no reason no, that none. you cannot be making a step goal and working on improving it. And I'm not saying that you have to start crazy. Start where you are. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, think about the people out there that can't. Yes. They would kill to be to be able to have the opportunity to have a step or goal. So about, or how about think those, about that? Yeah. Or how about paraplegics yeah. who can't use their lower half and are ripped and shredded, competing in these bodybuilding things because they're like they don't they don't quit. They're like, you know what? I can't lose my lower body, so I use my upper body. And they right. compete. It's to show people like I, I, I'm making it work. Yeah. So you know, think about the people that can't. That I can't. literally after a workout, I take a moment, I get into my car, and I literally like pat my body. I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Dude. grateful for my body, my health, Me too. and to be able to do what I just did—to sit in this car right now, mm-hmm. sweaty, out of breath, had a great workout. Like I'm grateful. I'm able to work out. I, yes. you know, I get to work out. Yes. Not I have to work out. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about it that way. And if you can listen, I had—I told you I have, I've mentioned this before, but when we first moved into this house, there was a neighbor, and he probably passed away now because I don't see him anymore, but. I would see him walk every day with an oxygen tank on wheels. That's right. You're Remember right. him? Slow. You're right. but I haven't he, seen him. But he, well, he probably passed away. He probably did. But he was walking. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, because he did that, he lived longer than he probably would have. There's a lot of studies that prove that. That's what's killing us, being too sedentary. Yes. You know, unfortunately, not moving. So some of the other things, meal frequency is a big one. And in the day and age of... Intermittent fasting or OMAD or some of the people, you know, don't eat after seven, all these crazy rules. The latest studies show meal frequency when calories are equated has no impact on fat loss. That is the latest, most reputable up-to-date studies. So Meaning, Meaning yeah. what, if you have a 2,000 calorie limit for the day, if you eat it in one meal or in 10 meals, it will not have any impact on your fat loss ah. if you eat it at 8 a.m 2 p.m or 10 p.m no impact on fat loss as long as you stay within those as long as you if, if calories are equated that was the study calories equated meal frequency has no bearing so then what becomes important is how do you feel best 
Because think about this. Remember, food is fuel. So think about what makes sense for you and your lifestyle, how you feel best fueling your workouts. Do you feel better fueling them before your workout, after? It boils down to a personal choice and routine and schedule for you because there's no ideal meal frequency for fat loss. Yeah. So the ideal one becomes what works best for you. True. True. You know, what works in your schedule. And, and you know where uh, for a long time, you might know, you might not, but for a long time, people, seven was the cutoff time. You yeah. know who made that popular? It's bullshit. You know who made that popular? Who? Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, it's he not said, true. I stopped eating at seven, like my trainer, nutritionist, and that's the last meal of my day. Then it went to eight o'clock. Yeah, it's not you true. Can't, you can't. It's all too. It's if all you're, too. If you're tracking macros, all of those ridiculous rules go out the door. Those rules are helpful when you are not tracking. And for whatever reason, people want to do everything else except for tracking macros. And tracking macros is what's going to work the best. True. It's going to get take it, the guesswork it, out of it and and eliminate all the stupid ass rules it's because people don't want to take the time to learn it's not that hard once you learn it. it's like having a freaking secret formula recipe to your own body your own vessel once you learn it you know what i mean like it's real easy put it on the scale I, i'm not the best at it either but i kind of have an idea of what i can and can't eat you know i've been doing it for a long yeah. time like you but it's very important to track it makes a huge yeah, difference it makes a huge difference it makes a huge difference huge. I, I can't tell you how many times i have a message i actually just had a dm from someone who's like listen i'll admit it i was that person that i wanted to do everything else other than track and i finally listened to you and i decided to track what i was eating and i was eating 500 to 1500 calories more than i thought every day people assume they, they don't it was she was like i was mind blown so i i'm like shoot i guess i do have to track why am i fighting this and then she lost six pounds <clears throat> like Hello. that it is mind blowing because she pulled how, back she figured like oh whoa, i'm way off i need to you have back. to you it's like it's like ignorance is bliss yes you know, and if you're, you know, stop fighting it, you guys, I promise you, it's, you don't have to be a slave to it. No. You have to do it for a period of time and you will learn a lot and about portion learn. control. Yes. You learn you your portion learn sizes. You will learn a lot and then you won't always have to be so meticulous with it, but stop fighting it because stop doing all the other rules, the timing, the... The no carbs, the no bread, the don't eat after this time, the eating one meal a day, fasting. You don't have to do any of those other things if you track macros. None. You'll have so much more control You know, and people try to just do too much. You know what I mean? Sensory overload. Don't do too much. Yeah, do exactly. The, base, the basics. <clears throat> go back to the basics. We say this in fighting all the time in training. The basics. You got to master the basics. <clears throat> Once you master the basics, then you can move on. Same thing. We guys want to throw like spinning shit and flying knees and crazy like moves. Like, yo, bro, basics first though. Mm -hmm. Kick, a punch, straight, elbows down in. You know, like this technique to it. Yeah. And like focus on one thing Same at thing. a time. You know, like yes. I'll have, obviously, if you're coming to me or if you're struggling with weight, it's a lot of things that have brought you there. Okay. Almost like make a list. Like what's brought me here? Like what has, what has created where I am right now. And be honest. You know, what are your habits? Okay, like I go Don't to Starbucks lie. every day and I get a pastry. You mm -hmm. know, I I drink four to six alcoholic, cal high calorie alcoholic beverages a week. I like list out all of the vices 
that you have. I'm sedentary. I'm, I don't drink water or whatever. Make a list. And then pick one thing at a time that you're going to improve upon. You know, start with one thing. Oh, I'm sedentary. Okay, I'm going to make a step goal. Nighttime snacking. Or I am going to reduce my alcohol intake. I'm going to limit myself to two drinks a week and I'm going to make them lower calorie. You know, don't have to do everything. I think somebody thinks that the minute they want to, you know, and I mentioned this to my clients yesterday and I love this term, you know, you're on a journey. Think about it as like you're on a journey. You can do different things, stop at different sightseeing places on your journey. You don't have to do it all at once. You know, you don't have to visit all the countries all at once, right? Mm -hmm, You're on mm -hmm. a journey. Yeah. So every, you know, you'll have different eras of that journey. Right now, your era is you're finally trying to stop being sedentary. Or now you're going to focus a little more on nutrition. You're going to stop eating out. You can do little things, but make a list of what your vices are because everybody has different ones. You know, if you're somebody that has the high calorie coffees, figure out like how much, how many calories a day are you consuming in liquid calories? Yeah. Those Starbucks drinks, those the liquid coffees, or you know those fancy. I don't ever get them. All those blended drinks, five hundred yeah, calories on I the know. minimum. Tons of sugar. And let me tell you, I know people are doing that a lot because every time I go to a Starbucks, lot. I see somebody come out of Starbucks with a drink holder, like they're getting drinks for the office or something. Yeah. And they are all of the like whipped cream, yep. frappuccino, chocolate syrup. Yep. So a lot of people are doing it. Liquid, and they don't realize. I think they drink it, and then I realize I'm like. Oh, I'm just, this liquid calories this isn't sticking to my bones. Like, yes, it is. This calories are still calories. Whether yeah, it's liquid like or I solids. think that the, maybe the perception is, is um, different. Starbucks is getting people fatter too without them trying. Cause it, it really is a coffee shop. Coffee doesn't make you fat. I know. But you start but adding all this other stuff to it. And a pastry and, and you're at, you're a thousand calories in. I used to do, I was one of those guys. I did pastries every day. I stopped Yeah, you used to do a uh, cheese Danish every day. Every day. I stopped that years ago. And it, it's so not satiating. It's, no. you know, once in a while. Tastes good, but it does not, nothing for the feeling. I'd rather get egg bites, protein. Yeah, like I am just, when you are a macro person and you can eat anything you want, truly, truly anything you want, um, you become a little more careful with your spend. And you're like, huh, 400 calories for that? I could have an in and out an In-N-Out burger for 400 calories. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna. That I rather have something that's gonna be a little more bang for my buck. Breakfast burrito. You just become a little more <clears throat> careful with the spend. That's why macro tracking is so amazing. Um, okay, what were some other ones? Oh, another popular one. I think we've covered it before, but fasted cardio. Again, in most the most recent studies, fasted cardio has no no benefit other than you know your calorie burn so uh, you so you're bursting my bubble because i killed myself for almost three years getting up at 4 45 a.m to go to the machine when i was on vacation and i got lean and ripped and i well, thought it was fasted cardio it's not was because the fasted has any additional benefits I, I was watching my calories. but you got to understand weight loss is very behavioral so that's a good behavior that's a good behavior to have to get up before you do anything else and get your cardio done and it's going to set you on the right path for the day to have a good day. Like, you know, you started your day with cardio. You're going to be on track with your macros. You're feeling motivated. Mm-hmm. It's a behavioral advantage, mm-hmm. but there's no fat loss advantage. If you do an hour of cardio fasted in the morning or an hour of cardio after lunch or an hour of cardio in the evening, same benefit. No benefit for fat loss. 
Now, I my argument is there are behavioral advantages to starting the day off with a workout. Also, there's less likelihood that it's going to not happen. If you get it done before anyone even wakes up because it says, hey, I need you to do this or that, or now we have an emergency meeting or whatever, no one can take it away from you. It's done. It's in the books. That's the beautiful thing about getting up and knocking it out. But if you are going to do it at lunch and then all of a sudden you get something, you, you get stuck at work. So mm-hmm. now the lunch, now you're going to do it after work and you get stuck in traffic. Now it didn't happen for the day. So Tired, be- you're hungry. Yeah. All that goes out the window. So behaviorally, it's, it helps, right? But there's no actual advantage to fasted cardio. That is the latest and greatest mm. um here's another one that i some people's feelings like, i know damn it that's okay though that's, you said regardless it's still good whether you do it fasted or you did a little something reg- getting up in the morning and knocking it out is a good thing and here's the thing you guys good habits i know we hear a lot of stuff all the time i always like to look at look up studies in the source when i read something i do not just take it for face value mm-hmm. but here's the thing things change research changes new studies come out we're advancing if you are listening to somebody who has not changed their position on anything at all ever you know or like for the last five years ago they're saying the same thing that they're saying today run for the hills yeah and we're going to keep evolving and finding out more remember that We're, we're advancing fast right now as a human race and species right now we're advancing quicker than ever in life so Wait. remember that. Don't get so stuck in because you heard something five years ago. Don't get so stuck on it. Exactly. We've evolved. We have new information. We have new data. Use the latest and greatest data and don't get so like attached to a notion because things change. And I, you know, I've evolved. My message has evolved over time. Yes. Um, but one thing I've always been careful of is I like, I don't like, especially right now and especially over the last three to four years. I've positioned myself in a, in a position where I am evolving. I'm constantly using the latest and greatest techniques and tips for my clients to reach their goals. Rather than being stuck in my ways and stubborn, I'm open to new information, new ideas. I'm not pigeonholed. I'm not like a carnivore specialist or yeah, you know yeah. a, a paleo specialist mm-hmm. or whatever i am just janine a weight loss coach whatever is the latest and greatest in the recent studies and the recent information that is what i'm going to use to help my clients reach their goals so i think people get attached to things sometimes they do and i mean i was a personal trainer and i come from this space and a lot of trainers out there think they know it all or they're this or they're that hey you probably do know a lot we all know a lot but Again, like you said, don't be stuck. Don't you, you got to be progressive in life. You mm-hmm. always got to think ahead. Everything is always evolving and changing. Any yeah, industry. nothing. Think about anything. Think about your TV from five years ago. Your phone from five years ago yeah. looked different. Yeah. Your computer, everything. Things that are innovative will keep changing. Mm-hmm. So if you're... Five years ago, we barely had electric cars on the road. Look at now. Right. We said so, the Tesla's so everywhere now. Think about that. Your The message should shift... Um, it doesn't mean that you were wrong before. It just means that that was the best data at the time that was out, you know? Yes. And so just keep in mind that, you know, that's why maybe you heard this at one point, but now data has changed. And so now we're thinking something differently. But another study that um, I was reading, and this was a, a post I saw on Instagram, so I went and read like the study behind it, is um, 
there's been a speculation on, oh, LDL cholesterol or cholesterol is not that imperative. It's not um, connected to cardiovascular disease or whatever. But the recent latest and greatest studies do show that LDL does impact and does increase your chances and is directly correlated to, you know, cardiovascular disease. So it is important to monitor your cholesterol levels. Now, HDL, no. So it's still, you know, HDL is not connected, but LDL cholesterol is. So it is important. That was something that was an interesting tidbit um, that I read. Mm. It, it's... Wow. Cardiova yeah, cardiovascular, your, your LDL um, is directly connected to your cardiovascular disease if you have high LDL. So that is something that, because in the keto space for the longest time, and I'll admit, I was part of that world where I read all the research at that time where people were trying to say like, oh, it doesn't matter and it's not, you know, correlated, blah, blah, blah. But current research is showing that it does. So, but you can be on a keto diet without having poor cholesterol numbers, but dirty keto is leading to people with like some high LDL because they're eating high saturated fats and high, yes. um, you know what I mean? You don't have to, you can, you can do a cleaner version of keto and not impact your cholesterol. And I should say some people are just prone to high cholesterol genetically. I did my blood work when I was on keto, didn't I? Yeah. And it came back. Yours is fine. Mine was Yeah, and your cholesterol is good. My cholesterol is actually a little higher than yours. Both of ours were good numbers, mm -hmm. but yours was actually better than mine. Wow. Um. So, but it's important. So it is important. And for the longest time, and a lot of like keto gurus and stuff will say that it doesn't matter. And I may have said that at, at a time, but again, like I said, it's important to evolve, read the research, and be willing to say, hey things are changing now i'm I, you change your position it's okay and you got to be also with keto that diet's not for everybody everybody thinks oh, i can do it no it has mm -hmm. affected people and it has from what i understand it has affected some people's hearts but i don't well, i'm not a doctor here's the i don't thing. know how true that if is. you are prone to high cholesterol and like you start keto and your numbers go crazy and you go on like a clean keto and you cannot regulate it then that diet's not for you mm -hmm. everybody is genetically more predisposed to certain things so it's yep. important to monitor your blood work and see how you do monitor your liver function you know some people have issues with or your gallbladder some people cannot consume high fats genetically they have issues with their gallbladder and high fats are an issue so not every diet is good for everybody and i think that it's important True. to remember that you know even like high protein maybe a high protein diet for somebody with maybe a kidney malfunction or dysfunction or whatever you know maybe they're they're limited to the amount of protein they can consume or you know we have a friend who cannot eat red meat Period. Yes. No red meat. Zero. There is a severe Zilch. medical response. He gets gout with mm. red meat. Yeah. So, Bad. you know, carnivore wouldn't be ideal for him. So mm -hmm. it's important to know that like not every nutrition style is good for everybody. Yes. And that's why I've positioned myself and I'm a weight loss coach. And that looks different for everybody. Some people, their issues are more behavioral. Some people, they're more just, they just need to track their macros. Some people need to be on a specific nutrition protocol. Everybody is different. Um, but it's important to, it's okay to evolve. Mm -hmm. 
right? Exactly. You got to evolve. You have to. You got to keep up with the times and get left behind. Yeah. I always like, say that too, because we're getting older and I'm like, damn, I don't want to get left behind. I try to keep up with the times. I you know. know. And that's, you know, I spend a lot of my time listening to podcasts and reading things because I have a responsibility to stay, you know, up, up on the times. Another one, and I'll leave you guys with this as a final one, is the sugar is not inherently more fattening than any other calorie. So when calories are equated, sugar doesn't get stored as fat easier than rice or protein. It's sugar. Sugar. It has no it has no additional fattening component when calories are equated. The mm. only thing about sugar is just it's easy to overeat because yes. it's delicious. You can kill a bowl of ice cream several bowls easily it's delicious and it's not very satiating mm -hmm. it's a very rapid sugar Sometimes digests rapidly so it's a fast digesting carbohydrate basically and because it's fast digesting you know it's you're hungry again very quickly Quick. and so it's very easy to overeat sugar and that's why it got it's gotten a bad rap but it's not um it's not any more fattening than anything else so don't you don't need to vilify the sugar. You can have you can have sugar. When your calories are controlled, and this is why I go back to macros again, you guys. If you're willing to do that self-monitoring and your calories are controlled and you're getting your protein in, you can have sugar. You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, don't this has sugar in it. Yeah. You can absolutely have sugar. And there are tricks to make it more satiating. You know, um, just, you know, include fiber in your diet, include protein when you're eating sugar, include mm -hmm. other macronutrients, and it'll balance out that blood sugar response. But sugar's not the villain. It's not, it's not fattening. And the funny thing is, is people will like something sugary is like, let's say a big muffin. It's like 500 calories. And people, you know, like, and it's mm -hmm. got like a sugar glaze on it or whatever. People yeah. are like, oh my God, this, it's sugary. That's why it's so fattening. No, it's actually loaded with fat. It's mm -hmm. also loaded with sugar. It's loaded with calories. Butter. Everything, right? So it's it's fattening. It's it's sugary. It's all the things. It's not just sugar. The, there's not only calories from sugar in it. It's a 500 calorie muffin. So it's yeah. the 500 calories that's not very satiating. So it's not a very good spend of your macros because you could go have, like I said, a burger and a and fries for like 600 calories that's going to fill you up for several hours the muffin's going to fill you up for 20 minutes so it's just a bad spend if that but it's not um it's not inherently more fattening it's just the calories all right you guys thank you so much um for tuning in we love you guys we love really appreciate thank you for listening joining following having please coffee a, please leave a, uh, what is it comments remarks <laughs> A review. Review. There you go. Leave a review, Leave a review on please. iTunes. We really do appreciate that. And we will see you guys on Monday. See ya.